Good evening and welcome to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. I am your host, Anthony Cavaretta, and joined along me tonight is just Ryan Krupp for the second week in a row. How are we doing, Ryan? Good. How are you? Good. So let's get into some of the news that happened this past week. The first thing is Boston Bruins, the behemoth himself, Zdeno Chara, is out at least four weeks from the Bruins. But in, other good, in good news with them, Bergeron um, is back, and he's returned to the lineup after having his upper body evaluated. So, a little bit of give and take with the Bruins right now. Yeah, um, the newest kind of balance it's, itself out. Like, obviously, you don't want to ever lose Zidane Chara because he, A, his slap shot's like 108 miles an hour. Yeah, he's one of the most deadliest slap shots he's in the NHL. He's your captain, so you never want to lose your captain. But on the flip side, you're getting back one of the most productive Bruins in franchise history and the person who... Let's face it, we'll probably be the next captain when Chara retires, I would assume. I would assume as well. I'd be surprised if he wasn't, but that's a different issue. So they kind of balance each other out. They they are maybe a little short on defense now. Chara obviously isn't as fast as he used to be. Because but then again, he, if you lose him for four weeks, you may, you will have other guys step up. like Pasta And you will have a – yeah, like that, and he has been. He's been exactly. on fire recently, leading the NHL in goals – Still, but e- even with the loss of Chara, they're they're going to be okay because whoever they call up, like it really doesn't matter who the name is, they're going to be f- a better skater than Zidane Chara. Yeah, because you know he's because up there in of age. height, age, physical ability at this point. Yeah. So, and with that, we're going to go to another injury. This time with a division rival, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Andre Vasilevsky will be out four to six weeks with a fractured left foot. This, and it was and it wasn't even a game, it was practice. This one was huge. This is a huge loss for the Lightning. You lose your Vesna caliber goalie for a month to a month and a half at least. That's assuming all goes well with his foot and the Lightning know a thing or two about losing a player to foot or ankle injuries because they had to deal with that with Steven Stamkos basically every other day. True. So for a while, the goaltending for the Lightning might be a little shaky because who who do they have? It's Domingue now? Yeah, and, and the thing is Vasilevsky, he has a .927 save percentage and a 2.29 goals again. So he's 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 just getting underway too. And he start he's starting to get comfortable again. And now you have this injury. And if it was during a game, I feel like it would be more understandable, but during practice, I want to know what what, yeah. what how in depth doing? was this practice? Yeah, was it like were you doing full scrimmages, um, or were you just was it just like and how did a goalie break his foot? The only thing I could think of is that he was doing he was doing drills, and all of a sudden he just kind of went the wrong way, and he landed on it the wrong way, or it hit the 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 wall, or hit the the um that's, or hit the, the that's the only thing cage. I can think of because the only thing I can think of. Because the the pads are gonna protect the goalie's foot to an ex, to an extent to an extent and but like I think where it was fractured it was probably fra- fractured in like the on the side the, on the side and you know with the skate you probably just hit it the wrong way or you may have just and could have been like somewhere near the ankle could have been something 
along the lines of that. But I hope he gets better because the Lightning could need him back. The they Lightning do, especially with Buffalo creeping up on them and they, being three points out when no one expected anything from them. This, and they have that kind of, oh, we're going to prove to people we're not as bad as they say. The Lightning could be in trouble if they don't yeah, find a their goalie or Fazilevsky's out for even longer. They have him on the injury reserve, and their two goalies they have up now is Edward Pascali and Louis Domingo. Now, Domingo's going to get most of the playing time because he's... He's the backup. He, he's, he was the backup. He's also the only one out of the two with NHL experience. He was a Coyote at one point, may have been on the Kings, but he... He's the only one that can really step up in this situation because they're really kind of depleted a little bit with experienced NHL goalies, especially when you have Vasilevsky, who's you want in there every game. You're not really going to have a lot of other people have experience. Yeah, and uh, Domingue is um, he is five two with a he has a record of five and two with a two twenty six save, um, twenty five goals against, and a 3.5 um, goals against average. So, Which, not terrible. Those numbers will obviously fluctuate with the steady amount of games he's going to be getting, but... Uh, you know what? It's, it's they, could, the they can be in trouble. Yeah. They could be. So And now we actually have trades. Finally, we can actually talk about some trades. The first one was the Los Angeles Kings acquired forward Carl Hagelin from the Pittsburgh Penguins for Tanner Pearson. Why is Hagelin back on the West Coast? I honestly don't know why this trade happened for either team in the first place. They're both at the bottom of the standings. They're both in last place in their conferences. And and all you're doing is you're literally switching one third-line winger for the other. They both filled the exact same spots on the teams they were traded to. The only thing you did was disrupt chemistry. Yeah, and... The thing that I that I know from watching Hagelin in the past, he is not good on a West Coast system at all. At all. He, when he was traded originally to the Ducks from the Rangers in, I believe it was 2015, he was stagnated because he did not know how to play against West teams very well. And when he was traded back to, when he was traded to Pittsburgh, he flourished because he was, you know, he had good line mates and he knew a system that was really well. So this makes no sense to me. You're trading for basically nothing. I personally may think this may have something to do with um, locker room antics. I think that Haglin or Pearson, more likely Pearson, had issues in the Kings locker room, and this was their way of saying, hey, we'll get you out, but we want a, you know a same caliber player in return. And Pittsburgh, who is... Since they're in last place, they're looking to have a fire sale. That's not we know that they've already said that they they could possibly getting rid of players like Murray down when they get, when we get closer to the trade deadline. So to see this didn't surprise me because Hagelin was main, one of their main pieces in both Cup championships in 2016-17. And for from a contract standpoint, and Tanner Pearson just signed a four-year extension with the Kings before he was traded, so he's under Penguins control till after the. 2021 season and Haglund's a free agent at the end of the year so I don't quite understand why they did this uh now I 
there was they did keep salary. That was one of the main points. Salaries salary. were the same. Pittsburgh retained two hundred and fifty thousand of Haglund's salary. Yeah, so they did that. The Kings didn't retain any of. Um, which I don't understand why there was any weird. salary retention at all because they have the exact same salary. Well, here's the thing, um, Pittsburgh. This ha- this was noticed last year with the Derek Brassard debacle where they had to do like a trade inside of a trade the whole thing that we spoke about on the show where on our trade deadline episode from last year the penguins don't have a lot of cap space to to work with but when you have giant contracts with Malkin and Crosby making almost 10 million dollars a piece yeah and then you're not going to have a lot of space you got Kessel in there you got Latang in there too so it's not like there's a lot of money that is locked up so you really don't have pieces to move so the salary retention makes sense that they have to keep the salary so that was good. And then the second trade that we had was between the Oilers and the Rangers. Ryan Spooner for Ryan Strom clean. Oilers, I can speak from experience because Ryan Strom was an Islander and I saw him there for five years. The Oilers, hands down, win this trade. Absolutely, in my opinion. And the Rangers are also retaining $900,000 of Spooner's salary. You know what? I have to disagree with you. On that, because really? I'm, I'm looking at this trade differently. Because this is basically let let's go back a season. The trade that got the Rangers Spooner was the Rick Nash trade, which the Bruins 110 percent overpaid for Rick Nash. Oh, a million, a million percent agree with that. Absolutely. So now just change Spooner to Strom. Strom has produced more than Spooner. You look at their numbers. Um, Spooner was incredibly streaky, and he still is. He came into the Rangers like a house of fire, yet he's, he was stagnated once the season started. So Jeff Gordon looked at him and said, you know what, I can flip you to the Oilers and get Strom, who has constantly produced, maybe not at the same level as when you're fully producing, but I'd rather have a player that produces every night than a player who doesn't produce every night. So, to me, I think the Rangers actually won this trade. You lose a guy who is streaky to gain a guy who is consistent every night. And he showed that he was consistent because he, he did, when after the trade, they the Rangers had a game against, um, the last game, it wasn't against Dallas, who was it against? Um, I don't exactly remember who the, who the Rangers played. It was um, the Panthers, I think, right? Yes, it was the Panthers. It was, the Panthers. It was a 5-2 five, five two, five two win over the Panthers. Strom was Strom was running up the rank, up and down. He was digging in the corners. He was producing more than Spooner. I saw his name come up more than Spooner's name in the last five games. So I think the Rangers came out on top of and that. And going back to what you said about Spooner, Ryan Strom is also an incredibly streaky player. Like, granted, his career high in points is 50, which I did not think it was anywhere near that high. But he has two points this year. He has a goal and an assist. That That's it. Yeah, so he's a streaky player. And as I said, he came into the season, he wasn't doing very well. So the Rangers said, you know what? I, I, see, the, I, see, I see us moving forward with this player who is going to be better. And that just happened to be Ryan Strom. So I think it was a better trade for the Rangers. Or, or was it the Rangers saying we can't beat the Islanders, so we might as well go get someone who used to be on the Islanders? You had to bring it up. Yes, I did. You had to bring it up. I did. Our game of the week, which was one of the la- our great game, game of the week last week, great game. We were both at it, and the Rangers lost five, to, S- seven, six, to five. seven to five, and uh, 
was a very heartbreaking loss as a Ranger fan in the Islanders building. So with that, we're going to move on. And one little thing, it's a rumor that we want to bring up, and it is that the Toronto Maple Leafs are 100% okay with Nylander sitting out for the whole season. The last time a player sat out for the whole season was Mike Pekka in 2002, and it was with the Buffalo Sabres. And Pekka was a great Sabre for yeah. them in the early 2000s, so seeing, hearing and he, that and, is... And he was older, too. We haven't even seen what Nylander's ceiling is yet. Nylander's been in the league for two years. Now, if you're Nylander, do you go to the KHL? Do you, you risk that? Or do you wait and you sign some? Because there's been rumors going around that he may sign a deal with Toronto and then be flipped. And I, if I was him, I would do that. I like, I get it. You're not going to get the money you want from Toronto. He's not going to get anywhere near what they want. He wants eight. He, he wants, wants eight. eight they offered six. And neither, neither, neither group is budging. So, I was. If it was me, I would say if, if I was William Nylander, take, take the money. And be traded because somebody will give you that money because they know how good of a player you are. So I would think sign a con- sign like a day contract because there was they already he already announced that he gave in his ten team trade list. And the only thing is the Maple Leafs are going to want something massive back for him. So I would think you would sign him in, you'd flip him, and you would get probably like maybe two first rounders and a decent defenseman back because you don't need you don't need help on offense you need help on defense so i would get a top four defenseman and for nylander i would just take go somewhere get some money and be fine i don't i wouldn't risk it going to the khl or going to europe there's no reason to you're gonna what happens if you get injured there done kovalchuk situation all over again and then on the other side of that too if he decides to go to the khl how much money would he be giving up oh he'd probably just get a mill and that's it he'd probably get a mill to play for the rest of the season and and then he could always come back he could he could go to the khl play out the rest of the season there and then come back and see who wants him i think there's too much risk going overseas because then because if he if he sits out he can't obviously he can't play because he's sitting out well so he's just not going to have a season and he's just wouldn't have had played hockey in two years yeah and his deadline to sign with a team is december 1st and that is very very close it's next saturday yeah you have 13 days you have 13 days to make a decision and they went the entire summer without making a deal so honestly i don't see him putting on a maple Leafs jersey ever again i I I agree with that i don't know where he'd go but with that we are going to take a quick break so you're listening to Post to Post, and when we come back, we will be talking about our beasts in the East. For over 50 years, the Pioneer has kept LIU Post informed on all things happening on campus and beyond. Pick up a copy today for free, in print or online, and get connected with the Post community. Stay up to date on the latest in news and opinion. Plus, get exclusive coverage of LIU Post Pioneer Sports. The Pioneer is for post, by post, and there's always an opportunity to get involved. To find out how you can contact, join, or advertise in the Pioneer, visit liupostpioneer.com. Get your copy of this week's Pioneer in Hillwood Commons or visit liupostpioneer.com to download the latest edition, The Pioneer, informing LIU Post for over 50 years. 
Coming to the Tillis Center for the Performing Arts, the Boston Pops Esplanade Orchestra, Holiday Pops, Sunday, December 2nd at 8 p.m. Call 516-299-3100 or visit TillisCenter.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on MyWCWP.org. I'm your host, Anthony Cavaretta, and I am joined alongside uh, to my right is Ryan Kraut, and we are going to be talking about our beasts in the East. This is where we look at a team in the Eastern Conference, and we say that this team is great, and can they stay there, and why are they great? And my pick for this week, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is it's kind of generic that you'd come, I'm going to come on the show, and we said it last week, and we probably have said it the week before. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the best-built team in the NHL today. And one of their they have the strongest core, and that is due to this man. That penalty doesn't show up yet on the board. Here's Stamp goes across, driven, and it's deflected away as Kucherov. One time that. Here's Point. Shooting. Scores! Braden Point off the post and in with 2.7. Takes care of one of those penalties. Jack Johnson down on a knee. They work it around and score! Point off the Stamp Coast pass. He scored again. And this game is tied at two. The Lightning with 2-5 on three goals. In the span, as far as this game is concerned, in 44 seconds. And point now in the slot. Point shoots. Wow. Scores! Braden Point a hat trick and power play goals. Point, his first hat trick in the NHL, and it's scored in the span of a minute and 31 seconds in play. 91 seconds. The sixth fastest hat trick in NHL history. Unbelievable. And the fastest hat trick in 27 years. Yeah, it's Braden Point is one of the key players on this team. And, you know, it shows when you have a player that can come out and produce like that, he scored on a five on three, five on four, and then right, and then in five on five. So he didn't even just show you that, like, hey, I can score only on the power play. No, I, I can score whenever you want me to score. And,. You know, him, he is one of the better players on this team, too. And that put him over the top. He now leads the, the Lightning in points, 24. He's got 14 goals and 10 assists, which just put him ahead of Kucherov. He leads He leads the team in goals as well. He doesn't lead them. He is, I believe, he is, yeah, he's fifth in assists. So, but no doubt he is one of the core members of this team. But do, do you really expect anything less with, guy, you know, every one of these guys – Kucherov, Stamkos, Miller, Johnson, McDonough, Killeron, it they all produce amazingly well. And you know, I don't those are just all those people I named and uh Yanni Gorder have above double have all had double digit points this this season. And we're not even 2 months into the season. The Lightning are just a ridiculously ridiculously talented team. They've had this huge window where it's just conference finals appearance after conference final appearance Stanley Cup final appearance Stanley Cup final appearances they haven't been able to find that one piece to push them over the edge just yet but I feel like it's it's only a matter of time there's been two players that have played a game for them this year that do not have a point just two people everybody else does that's that's unreal 
The only th- the only problem that I see with the Lightning right now is what we stated in our first segment, and that that's Vasilevsky's out four to six weeks. Now that's gonna hurt them. It's gonna, but with a team as stacked as the Lightning, the defense will step up, and the offense will just score more goals. Yeah, if people think that this is as good as the Lightning's offense can be, it's not. No, they can be much better. This wait, is maybe like 75%. I think wait until after the All-Star break when they're looking to get the pre- – because they, they're already in contention for the President's Trophy. They would love that title. They would love to have home field advantage, home ice advantage for the entirety of the playoffs. They'd love to win it again. They've won it b- yeah. before. They didn't win it last year. They, the Preds did. So to win it this year would be great. But – now, I was going to actually ask you, I was going to say, because of Vasilevsky, do you see them falling down the standings now and then coming back after December? Maybe a small fall. You think they, do you think they'll I, go out of playoff contention? No. No, they'll stay in, like, I don't, the wild card. I don't see them, honestly, I don't even see them falling out of a division playoff berth. I don't. I don't think so. I think they may actually. I think they'll fall out of playoff contention. Absolute worst case scenario: first wild card. They're not going to go any lower than that because their their offense is just ridiculous. Well, then again, the Atlantic is scary. Like, look at the Atlantic. The Atlantic Toronto is actually right surprisingly them. scary. Yeah, you got Toronto, which we expected, and then you have Boston, who you expected, and then you have Buffalo, Montreal, and. Ottawa in the top six. I think we're underestimating Ottawa. I seriously do. They're four points out of a playoff spot. Just four. That's not okay. That's The the Penguins won back-to-back Stanley Cups. They have 17 points and lost to Ottawa 6-4. They were down 5-1 at one point. Yeah, no, that's... This is is not okay. But... I think they can climb up. Montreal's going to climb up still because they're just going to ride this until they figure until they lose steam. Buffalo's the same way. Boston's going to move up. So I think Tampa will fall, but I don't think they'll fall that much. They'll probably fall out of the the contention for a bit, but they'll be back. They they, they always come back. There's no way that they are not making the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. They're they're making the playoffs. So with that, who's your pick for Beast of these? My pick is actually in the exact same division as the Tampa Bay Lightning. They currently sit in third, just three points out of first, and it is the surprising Buffalo Sabres. Now, the Sabres, I personally think, I don't even know if they came into this season with any expectations whatsoever other than maybe winning the draft lottery because the past few years they have been at the absolute bottom of the standings they just got to over 500 for the first time in five years so that just shows the struggle that they have been going through their offense was atrocious they were not able to find a solid goalie until this year they're currently on a five game winning streak they beat and all five of those teams right now are playoff teams if the season were to end today. They beat they meet Montreal in overtime in Montreal. Then they beat Vancouver, Tampa, Winnipeg, and Minnesota. And tonight they're in Pittsburgh, which 
Pittsburgh that, is kind of at the bottom. Game. So I I honestly I don't know where this came from. Maybe it was Darlene. Maybe it was acquiring Skinner, Skinner Connor Sherry. Maybe it was signing Carter Hutton. But the Sabres just have this new look to them. And I, I honestly don't know where it's coming from. I don't. I got to agree with you, but I also don't believe that the Sabres are here to stay. But I will get to that when we get to our later segment. But I do have to say they are doing extremely well for themselves at the moment. And I, I you said that they were looking to get, like, what, first draft lottery again? But uh, to be honest, I don't think they came into the season doing that. I think they came into the season saying, you know what? We can actually probably make some noise. Not play, not maybe playoffs, but I think they want to, they're looking to be a spoiler a team. Like they're looking to be a team that will look at like a team like Montreal and says, "Oh, you're close to making the playoffs. We're going to take that one point from you." They're going to do what Florida did last year. They're going to take that one. Who missed little, out by one point? Yeah, they're going to take that one point from a team that deserves it, and then that's it. They they put up not like granted Ottawa is struggling but they're still only four points out of a playoff spot they put up nine a couple of weeks a week and a half ago two weeks ago against ottawa nine yeah that's 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 insane well then again like you know you have um i mean you you got eichel you got darlene darlene you got ristolainen kyla poso still in there now i the thing is that i'm that, that buffalo worries me about is that you know, they're not a streaky team by any means. They've been actually very, very consistent. But I, I don't know. Looking at their schedule coming up, they do have some some tough teams coming up again. They got Tampa again. They got Montreal again. They got San Jose. They got Florida. And a lot of these teams, they're going to look to try to knock them off their highest. They got Toronto in, in the first week, week of December. They got Nashville and Philly in that same week. So it's going to be difficult. They have a little bit of a West Coast trip too coming up. So it'd be nice. It'd be it's going to be a little difficult to see where they go with this, if they can keep up. I think in the Atlantic, especially after this month, when the Lightning get back Vasilevsky, they're not going to stay in that third place spot for long. Boston just got Tuka Rask back, so that's going to happen. Montreal is high on fumes at the moment. Because they're like, oh, we're in fifth. Let's go. Bergevin put something in the drinking water there. I don't know. But one, one thing that's been surprising about the Sabres to me is the reemergence of Jason Pominville. Yeah, it's unreal. Where is this coming from? It's, you don't really see someone reemerge like this this late in his career. Like, second stint with Buffalo, and he was a top name in Buffalo. The first time around. The first time around. Then he went to Minnesota. He was there five years, four, four and a half years. And now he's back. He had 34 points last year in 82 games. In 20 games this year, he already has half that. So I don't know where this is coming from, but it, it's great to see Jason Pominville back in. You, you know what I think it is, though? I, because Pominville has been just so good. It's a change of scenery again. Like, because if you look at you look at his stats and you look at when he first went to Minnesota, he didn't do well his first season in Minnesota. Then again, 
He he came in after the deadline. But his first full season with Minnesota, he put up a ton of points. Yeah, 30 and 30. Was, yeah, it was great. great. And then he, and then he slowly decline. declined, and then he comes back to Buffalo. And once again, the same effect is happening. He struggled a little bit last season, and now he's coming in like a like a house of fire. So I think this is just part of the course for Palmerville. He's like he, he gets comfortable in the city that he was in, you know, with the teammates he had, and he doesn't really produce as much. But then when he comes in, you know, he does really well. And then he'll probably decline in the next few years again. Well, that that's bound to happen. Like, he's, especially with age. And yeah, stuff, so. especially he's thirty-five now, and we're seeing him rise up again. So it's only a matter of time before his his well second decline, which doesn't happen for most people, before his second decline comes. But I, I'm enjoying watching Jason Pominville. Oh no, he's right such now. a great player to watch. He's done amazing things with the Sabers. And he's one of the ma- you said he's one of the main contributors to the Sabres team's success, and you know you got guys like Eichel who for some- Eichel's been great. He's finally showing why he was he's that he could possibly be better than um, McDavid. Don't not saying he's better than McDavid. I'm saying that he can put up numbers. He, he can put up numbers like McDavid. Like McDavid. Because everyone was like, oh, it's Connor McDavid, and Jack, Jack Eichel. Eichel. You're the second pick. Yeah, you know, which it, is it, nothing to bat an eye over. You're the second overall pick. There was one person better than you. But then again, you look at you look at that one player, like, and he's a he's the a guy generational talent. Yeah, so it's like you know your second fiddle to a generational talent. So he's I think he's ta- he's taken all that criticism and just says you know what I could be better. And now they're both a captain, which is confusing because it's just such young captains. I have. Growing up, we've never seen like really young captains, and now that not now until it's all over not the until NHL. Crosby, and then for a long time until Landeskog was named captain. Yeah, you so. didn't see captains that were nineteen. It was no, unheard of. Not at all. So with that, we're gonna end the segment. So when we come back, we will do the Wild Wild West. You're listening to Post Post here on mywcwp.org. Take WCWP with you wherever you go with the WCWP app. Listen live 24-7 to all of our streams, all from one app. Plus, call the studios directly from the app and visit our social media. Download the app through the iOS app store on Apple devices or the Google Play store on Android by searching WCWP Radio or visit WCWP.org for links. The WCWP app, available now on iOS and Android devices. Ever listen to the radio and think, hmm, I can do that? My WCWP gives you the chance to prove it. Imagine playing the hottest new music for your fellow Post students on Midday Madness, calling the action during live Pioneers broadcasts, or planning the next event that rocks the Hillwood rooftop. Whether it's music, sports, talk, production, PR, or promotions, on air or behind the scenes, there's a place for you here at My WCWP. Get your start working hands-on to develop the skills that could take you down an exciting new career path in radio. Join my WCWP today by visiting the station right behind Hillwood Commons. Welcome back to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. And it is now time for the Wild Wild West. And my pick is the number one team in the Pacific Division, the San Jose Sharks. And they have low-key become the team that we all expected them to be and finally i was wrong on the first episode of this show and finally i have something to prove for it eric carlson finally scored a goal takes a shot johnson is saved carlson and he scores 
He did it. <laughs> it's it's about time. That's all I can say. I have never seen Eric Carlson struggle struggle quite this much, but he finally did it. It took him a lot more games than he than he and probably everyone else expected it to take, including me. I was well, one of the. Took, I was one of the. It took who him said about twenty one times as long as you expected it to take. Yeah. So well, at least he got it. But you know what? I honestly, looking at the Sharks, I was like, especially Carlson, I'm like, new city, you really didn't want to leave Ottawa, so you really had to get acquainted with these people, and you really had to learn about how the city works, how the environment works, because San Jose, to to that a lot of people don't know, is actually a really good hockey city. They love the Sharks there. They don't, well, it's, really don't have really it's have all a lot. they got. So, yeah, they it's love the it. the only sports team they have. I think it's one of the probably the, the probably the worst arenas to play in that that shark tank just when they when that jaw thing any, on, like, any place named the shark tank I, it prob- should be terrifying yeah exactly that's why it's called that but now they came in and they didn't do well they really didn't do they well they really struggled in the beginning and now they sit atop the Pacific Division with 25 points 11 wins and the only team that can, is close to them right now is Calgary and Vancouver but then again the Pacific is really weak at the moment because you have teams that you expected to be at the top, like Los Angeles and Vegas and Edmonton. They're in the bottom. And you have teams that you expect to be at the bottom, Vancouver and Calgary, and they're just sitting at the top, and they're very close. I think San Jose can stay at the top because I feel like those other teams are going to burn out eventually. Yeah, the, the Sharks are absolutely going to stay at the top because – Coming into the year, everyone was saying that they were going to go to the to the Stanley Cup. They may win it. EA predicted Ca- them to do that. Carlson's yeah. going to put them over the top, which he hasn't yet. But they're but he's definitely helped because he's he's Eric Carlson, so he's yeah. going to help. So, but and just looking at the the standings, everyone else, the the teams that are supposed to be good, are, they're struggling to find who they are. And the teams that are surprising us with how good they are may fall off a little bit. So this, and we already know the Sharks are good. They made the Cup Final in 16. They've made the playoffs the last few years. They're going to stay there. Yeah. They're finally coming into their own. And they're not going to let anyone take the, the first spot away from them. No, that's, uh, and I think now that Carlson got his goal, he got the monkey off his back. And he will probably continue to play well, especially when the, they may put him back on the line with Burns because they took him off for a while. And now you're going to put those two great guys back and back together, and they should be good. And you got, you know, you got players up front that are finally producing. Um, Evander Kane, once again, has been a little bit of a shocker. You know, he's his second, his, it's his first full year in San Jose. And... He's he's been one of the key components of the team. He hasn't been doing extremely well, but you know he's got. He's having points. about an average of Andrew Kane season. So yeah, and you know that's to be expected because he came in to half of last season, and now I think now that you got all these guys, and now they're going to mesh a little bit better, and it the Sharks will stay on the top of the top of the Pacific, I believe. Oh, they will. So they will. 
Now, with that, what's... Un- unrelated, though, I'm looking at Evander Kane's picture right now on the Sharks' website. It is terrifying. Oh, no. He is an intimidating <laughs> dude. Yeah, no. It is really terrifying. He's, He's got one eyebrow higher than the other. It's, He's doing, uh, like, I'm the rock eyebrow this. and stuff. I'm going to close this tab now. We are scared. On an unrelated note, I love when you open the Sharks' um, website and you do the first picture Because you they're see. promoting those commercials. They got to get the picture of Joe Thornton plunging the toilet. It's absolutely great. So You should watch those commercials, everyone. Yeah, not, not like do. advertising for the Sharks, but they're hilarious. They, those, those are, they're absolutely funny. So with that, who's your pick for the West? My pick for the West is the Winnipeg Jets. I just love the whole whiteout thing they had going during the playoffs, but... For this year, they're five points out. They're six three and one in their last ten. They're absolutely ridiculously good at home, eight two and two. Would the atmosphere like the whiteout? I would assume. Yeah, the they got guys like they got Line A, Ellers, Hellebuck, and they're they're going they're gonna go places. They also got this man, Kyle Connor. His centering pass taken away as Little intercepted it on for Lion A. Lion A with Kyle Connor. Lion A to Connor. Scores! Kyle Connor finds the back of the net on the feed from Lion A. 1 0 Jets. So the Jets, honestly, they were. You, you heard a lot about them in the playoffs last year, but during the regular season, they were a very quiet. 100-point team. Yeah. I did not hear a lot about the Jets. And then I just looked at the standings one day. I'm like, when did the Jets get 97 points? Because they're just... I was used to the Jets that we saw when they first left Atlanta and they were struggling to find an identity being back in Winnipeg. And all of a sudden, it was just a complete 180. And guys like Shifley, Line Ellers, even on defense, you got guys like Bufflin, you got Truba. They're coming in, and this is a fast, high-scoring, this is a young team that's going to be around for a while. The one thing I will say, though, is they got some big-name contracts. Coming up, yeah. They, they're going to have to spend a lot on Line A especially. He's... That kid's, he, a, that kid's an animal. Is he still on? Is he still on his um, this is three his, year? This is the last, is the last year, year of, his of his rookie contract. Okay. So he is a RFA at the end of the year. Yeah, and the thing with the thing about Winnipeg for me, you said it. They when they came from Atlanta, they because this team was not the original Winnipeg Jets. They came for people who don't know. This is this is the incarnate. This is the Atlanta Thrashers. The reincarnation. So it's the rebirth of the Winnipeg Jets. And from when they came in, they weren't building to win a cup right away. They were they, just trying to say, we're back and we're going to do whatever we can. Exactly. So I think with that mentality, they built up this team. Like, because they, they have a lot of pieces from Atlanta still, which is weird. Like, they do. They do, they got, which is They weird. still have Bufflin. They have Wheeler. They, they had Andrew Ladd, who's, who's now gone, who they traded away. But 114 points last year. Yeah, no. And that wasn't even first in the in NHL. The West, yeah, in it was the, the Predators who they beat in a game seven to go to the conference final where they would lose. And I find it very ironic that a team that finishes with 114 points, those 114 points are a quiet 114. You didn't hear a lot about them, but now you do. 
and for a good reason. And once again, they're doing the same thing. They've been, once again, they've been very low-key good. They have 24 points right now. They're not first in the Central. They're behind Nashville and Minnesota. And at the playoffs ended today, they'd beat Minnesota. Oh, There's no question about it. They would beat Minnesota in the first round. Now, Winnipeg, here's the thing, because I actually did, I picked Winnipeg to go to the final last year. I can see it. Because once Nashville was eliminated, I was like, all right, Winnipeg, because I want to see a Canadian winner. And then Vegas happened. But, so, to me, Vegas stinks. Oh, Vegas is not. Vegas now looks, looks like, like an expansion Looks team. like the team we should have seen last year. Yeah. And the team last year looks like the team we should have seen like five years from now. Exactly. It makes no sense. It's weird. And sports, everybody. Sports is weird. But I think the window's wide open. Oh, them. for the Jets, for they, the Jets they there didn't is, go to the final. And... There is a gigantic hole. You can drive a truck through this. Like, their future is so bright. And it's scary to think that just a few years ago, they finished with well, five, six years ago, they finished with 51 points. Well, oh, that was a lockout short in the season. That is. But still, they did, they, they did not do well at all when they first got to Winnipeg. Actually, weird, weird fact, actually, that I just remembered about the Winnipeg Jets. They were not originally in the Western Conference. When no, they, they, when they, they were the Thrashers, they were in the Eastern Conference. For like three years. Yeah, it was, was weird. There was a big uh, Panthers... Uh, Jets thing that was... Uh, the big Panthers-Thrashers uh, rivalry that we got that going on thing? there. Well, th- I mean, they were like close to each other. Yeah, but and you got that, Tampa there, too. Tampa and... Because they were in the same division. Yeah. Because like, I, re- I remember, like, I was... I remembered. I was. Just, I don't know why I just remembered that, but I remember that Winnipeg. Winnipeg was in the East at a point. It was like the whole Detroit and the West thing, and now they're in the mm-hmm. East, and it's like confusing. And they flipped. Yeah, because the the NHL needed to realign, which they'll probably do again. But when Seattle comes in, yeah, when Seattle, they'll, they're going to realign the, the thing again. But, they're going to realign all the divisions. And Connor Hellebuck, for going back to the the Jets for a minute, he is earning every penny that he just signed of that. Extension. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. the The team itself, like you, like Hellebuck, who was a Vesna candidate, Vesna yeah. candidate last uh, over the summer. You know, he rightfully could have won that. He's what did they? I don't remember, they they had a nickname for him, like American Nightmare or something. Or it was he was one of the best stories to come out of that Jets run last year. Was that Hellebuck was finally showing that he could be an elite goalie. And you know, with the t- you guys, you have guys on this team like Little and Lion A, Bufflin, Connor, Shifley, Wheeler. This is this is a good team. This is a scary good team. Now, the only thing that I could possibly see ruining them is if you know teams like Dallas and Colorado start to become because currently Winnipeg is tied with Dallas and Colorado for third, and then you have Chicago, who's only three points behind. St. Louis is at seventy. St. Louis is at this. So. Dallas, I don't see staying. I do. They're, they're at least what we've seen so far, they're really top line heavy. Well, really top two lines heavy. Because Ben, Sagan, and Radulov, that's most of their production. And they have Spezza on the second line, and then there's still players kind of finding their way. And I I personally don't think they're going to stay. Colorado's going to hit a, a snag at some point, and just, something's going to click, and they're going to go on this monster tear. 
Yeah, no, Colorado's going to be because they 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 already showed a little bit of that in because the, they in did the it last the season, year, so they can do it again. Yeah, so Colorado is a scary thing. Winnipeg. The only thing I could see the a good thing going for Winnipeg with this in in standings, Minnesota's going to fall eventually. You you have to, you, I'm have on the Minnesota hype train right now. We have disagreed. I think we have disagreed about this the last two weeks. Uh, not even though we probably have disagreed on this the entire season so far. That I believe that Minnesota is not a great team and that they will fall, or at least they will make the playoffs and once again be a first round playoff elimination. You are just on the Minnesota hype. Train. I'm on the Minnesota hype train. We were when we were at the uh, when we were at the Islander Ranger game on Thursday. They were showing scores, the out of town scores on the on the uh, scoreboard during the intermission, and. It was three to one Minnesota. I'm like, I'm telling you, Minnesota's a good team. Anthony's just like, no, they're not. And then the next time they show it, it's five one. I'm like, I'm telling you, Minnesota is the real deal. I, I still don't believe you, and for the remainder of the season, I do not believe you. And there is no way I'm gonna believe you. But I do believe that the Jets are going to be a very good team. Not just now, but they mark my words, they will be the first Canadian team to win a cup since nineteen ninety three. I I can see that. No, it's either going to be them or Toronto, and because everyone else is kind of just like Montreal under the radar. Is, eh. Ottawa is a almost like, a dumpster fire. Ottawa's GM is just happy they're a team. <laughs> That's so. the best line of the year. But and who else do you got? Edmonton. You got you got Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver, who are not really going to go anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, no. So the only thing I can see is the only way Calgary is going to go anywhere is if they move. They may. It wouldn't surprise me. It, it would it would hurt if they moved the team. Well, because you get rid of that whole Battle of Alberta thing. Which is a lot of money for the NHL. So, with that, when we come back from this break, we will talk about our Hot or Not teams, and we will also preview the games tonight and give our Game of the Week. You're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. If you belong to an LIU Post club or organization, this space could be yours. Your friends at MyWCWP are here to help you spread the word about your club, upcoming event, or the mission of your organization. Reach the on-campus and online audience right here at Post and get the word out directly to your peers. Visit MyWCWP.org to get in touch with us or stop by the station located right behind Hillwood Commons. A message from MyWCWP, LIU Post Campus Radio. You gotta be a bit crazy, a little bit out your mind. If you've been drinking, then you go out and drive. You're risking countless lives and your own too. Plus, you risk hurting everyone that knows you. Yeah, they'll be so blue, standing at your burial, thinking that you were a fool while at your memorial. The point is, you shouldn't risk those lives. If you drink, don't drive. If you drink, don't drive. Spend a few bucks on a cab or sleep while you've been drinking. If you drink, don't drive. Stay alive, start thinking. Stay sober, arrive alive. If you drink, don't drive. If you drink, don't drive. Mad dog. Welcome back to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. And in our final segment tonight, we will take a look at the teams who we think are either a hot streak or a burnout. And we will also get the bright lights of tonight and preview tonight's games and our game of the week. And first, we're going to start off with the Hot or Not team. My Hot or Not team is the Buffalo Sabres. But not for the... We spoke about them earlier, so we're not going to go that deep into this. But I do believe that they're they're quite good. They're doing the same thing the Sharks are doing. They're, they're under the radar. And their young core is finally coming through. 
One of them is the first round pick of this past draft. Back to the line, Bogosian a shot, saved by Dubnik. Eichel on the rebound, they score! Dahlin flips it past Dubnik and it's 2-2. Now, Dahlin is good, he's been outstanding for the Sabres and the Sabres, we, who we spoke about earlier, have been very good, but are they good enough to stay in this really tight Atlantic division? At the moment, I'm going to say this year, no. I give it two or three more years, and they're going to be a legitimate threat. I, I, I agree with that. I think when they get when they come back, this will not be a – this is not a one-year turnaround. This is going to be they need to mesh, they need to pick up a few more pieces, and then – It's a long trek back from when they used to be destroying everyone yeah. in like 10 years ago yeah, with, with Ryan Miller and Thomas Vanek and all those people. Exactly. So when they were in the final – I remember that they were in the final, but no, that'll be a few more years before we can be scared of Buffalo. So I mean, right now we're scared of Buffalo for this past week because they have won five in a row. But but the and then again, the Islanders and Rangers won five in a row. We were talking about them last week, and we were scared of them, but now we're not. Yeah. So it's just a right now. It's just a hot streak. And ask me again in two or three years, I'll, I'll say they're probably going to be legit. They'll, they'll be a cup contender. So, with that, Buffalo, not there yet. Probably going to burn out. So, what about you? So, my pick is a team that has some of the most talented players, I will say this, of all time. Okay. Some of the most talented players of all time. It is the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the reason I'm picking them is because they are just – to, well, well, this this clip will probably speak for itself, and then I'll, yeah. Likes the puck in the corner, guides it behind the net. It's Tierney, takes a bump for Broussard. Ryan Zingle spun right in front, past Stone up high for Shabbat, takes the shot and he scores. And Stone's got another one, and just like that, late in this first period, the Penguins have relinquished the lead. So I have no idea what is going on in Pittsburgh right now. They are. I did not expect to see them at the bottom of the conference for a long time. I don't remember if I've ever seen them at the bottom of the conference this... I wouldn't say this late into the season because it's not late in the season, but the only time I really remember seeing them at the bottom of the conference was like, oh, they lost their season opener. Yeah, when was the last okay. time? When was the last time you saw Pittsburgh last place in the Metro and 29th in the league? That's they, not happen- That doesn't happen. Back-to-back Cups... Then they lost to the Capitals in the second round last year. And now, I don't know what's going on between Matt, between Matt Murray, Crosby being injured. Trading Haglin. Trading Haglin, rumors surrounding Kessel, Murray, Sprong. The only one who's really been consistent on this team so far is Evgeny Malkin. And you know what I you know what I think it is? They're finally tired. Their age is starting to catch up to them. That's what I've been saying. It's you know what you you they, you, you said to the you said Lemieux's looking at this team and goes, yeah no we won back to back that was great. This is not. This is this. They're all tired now. You just back. Nobody realizes how hard back to back cups is hard. Cups is like. When Detroit did it, they slumped for 
ever after that when they did it in uh, 95 96 that was the that was so yeah they still hard. managed to make the playoffs for 25 years in a row yeah exactly but the the way the penguins are going right now they're not they're not leaving the basement anytime soon because they have well, Crosby obviously one of the greatest players of all time we're in New York, New York, so a lot of people obviously don't like him, but like him or not, one of the greatest players of all time. Malkin is, I can see him being up there in the conversation too. And it's not that they're old, because they're not. They're in their early 30s. But the way they're playing right now, aside from Malkin, they're just, they're playing like they're like six, seven years older than they actually are. They're, no, they're playing like they... Um... They they're playing like they they have finally run out of gas. They're they're a team just running on fumes. They're realizing, hey, you know, we we did these great things. You know, we won we won back to back cups, and we've been a serious contender for a while now. You know, they've won three cups since you know getting Crosby, which a lot of people are like, oh, that but that was long ago. They won a cup in '08, and then they won. They won in fifteen. Uh, they won in six, six, They won fifteen, sixteen, sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. So and then they won the one in 08. So it's it's this team's thing, is gassed. And the sad thing is, it's like, do you immediately regret giving up Mark Andre Fleury yet? Do you do you regret that yet? If you're the Penguins, I think at this point, since they they're kind of starting to hit the wall, a little bit, because Matt Murray, the guy who they picked over Fleury has a 408 goals against and an 877 save percentage and there's trade rumors around him. He was supposed to be your goalie of the future. M- quite possibly the next Mark Andre Fleury and now they're close to giving up on him. Yeah, and Fleury right now is probably the best thing in Vegas at the moment. Well, they really got nothing else going for him and they it, Fleury's the only one keeping pucks out of the net. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got a 2.63 goals against. He's got a .901 save point average. And he leads the league in shutouts with three. So, you know, it's – he's not – it's – I think you made a mistake. And if I were Pittsburgh, if I were the fans of Pittsburgh, I would be like, Lemieux, I get like, it. He gave us two cups, but we want an answer. We want to know what's going on. You know, we expect you to come into the season and possibly – we're like, oh, we lost to the Capitals. It was bound to happen eventually. In the second, because you know. it was the 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 Capitals were not gonna stay in the Penguins' shadow forever. It was yeah. only a matter of time, and it finally happened. So, and I feel like it. I'm not going as far as, as saying it's just like what happened to the Senators, because it's not nearly as bad as that. Yeah, the Senators are still looking to see. But because the, the Senators were one goal away from going to the finals, and now they're just kind of there. Who, who is the team that scored that one goal? And now the Penguins are that are the team that scored that goal. Now they're at the bottom. So I don't know what's happening with the Penguins, but if they if they want to salvage what's left of this season, the three quarters of the season Trade that's left, everybody. they need to either pull off some big trade or. Mike Sullivan's got to yell at them. They get their act together, and something's got to click real fast. Otherwise, they're, this is not going to go the way Pittsburgh wanted it to. So, with that, we're going to leave that segment. We're going to look at the bright lights of tonight, and we're going to preview every game tonight and our game of the week. Now, tonight, we actually got, a, once again, second week in a row, we finally have a lot of games on a Monday night. The first one 
is the Blue Jackets at the Leafs, which actually should be a good game. It's the first team in the Metro versus the second-place team in the Atlantic. should be a good game. Yeah, and if Toronto's fighting for first. They have, they're one point out. They have, they're on home ice. So I- I'm going to give this one to Toronto. I would, yeah, no, um, I think both teams have something to fight for here because you have Columbus who's trying to stay in first, you know, with the Islanders and Rangers creeping up behind them. And, you know, uh, Columbus only has 26 points. Islanders have 22, Rangers have 22, Washington, who's finally starting to get out of the basement, is has 21, and Carolina's coming back with 21. So, you know, th- it's yeah. not really, you're not really safe yet. Yeah, right now the the Leafs have more riding on it anyway because if... Toronto wins, they're in first. If Columbus loses, they're still four points up. Yeah. And next matchup is the Stars and the Rangers. Which is also going to be a big game because, like we just mentioned, if Columbus loses and then the Rangers go on to win, their lead is down to two. The Rangers are fighting, too, because they're looking to get ahead of the Islanders. And the Stars are already in a playoff spot. Well, so are the Rangers, but the Stars are looking to climb. The Rangers are trying to stay where they are because they know that, you know, Washington's starting to get good again. You don't know if Jersey's going to turn back around or Philly's going to turn around or Carolina's going to turn back around, so it's not really safe yet. So with that, I think the Rangers are going to win. I think it's going to be a close game because it always is against Dallas. The record against Dallas is just they always have close games. I remember last year they had like the, they were in Dallas. They won like 5-4. It's a great game. But next matchup. Sabres and Pens. Sabres. Sabres. I would immediately say Pittsburgh if I looked at this when the schedule first came out, but now I'm immediately saying Sabres because the Sabres are ridiculously hot and the Penguins are not to form. Yeah, no, that's agreed. Capped Canadians. Canadians, I take here. Instead of the Caps. It's a surefire thing to say the Caps going to win. Canadians are at home. Canadians... There's something in the water in Montreal. They think the the water and the poutine has gone to the entire team's head, and they're just playing like crazy. So I think the Canadians will come out of this. And the Caps, they haven't really shown me anything yet, but then again, it's the Washington Capitals. They always somehow are good. They're only one point out of a playoff spot. If they win tonight, they're in second place. Yeah. So next matchup. Panthers, Senators. This is a, this. I, this I, is one this of is those sl- like go really. It's yeah, kind of just like this. yeah. I'm not watching this. There's no reason to. Panthers, like. I say Sens. I feel like the Sens are at home, you know. Minus the beach balls falling from the ceiling. They they, they worse. And and they kind of have that little bit of a extra motivation. Hey, we just beat the Penguins, so maybe we beat, we beat these guys. We can win now. We're a team. So I think the Sens take that one. But you think Panthers? I think Sens. Kings and Blues, Blues, they both stink. Blues. Yeah. Yeah, Blues. They're home, too. Blues. They they have a goalie, and the Kings have, like, a piece of Swiss cheese. (laughs) A piece of Swiss cheese. Lightning Preds, game of the night. Game of the week. Really? That's your game game of of the the week? Game of the week for me. The top two teams in the NHL. Absolutely, this is my game of the week. It is. They're, they have the exact same amount of points. Whoever wins this game is in first in the league. They have the exact same record. So I'm I'm giving it. I'm giving it. I don't know. This is gonna be a really really close matchup. I'm going Preds. 
That's a tough building to play in. It is. It was voted. It was voted hardest. Hardest. It is, to but play. then at the same time, the Lightning are seven two and one on the road. So. Mm. All right. Quickly, Knights Flames. 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 Jets Canucks. And the J- Jets. Really. Mm-hmm. I would say Canucks. I feel like the Canucks are at home too, so I would think Canucks. And so I think Canucks for that. And the game of the we already know yours. It's going to be the the Lightning and the. And the Preds. Predators. Mine is the Thanksgiving showdown on Friday. Is the Rangers and Flyers. That game is always a marquee matchup. Those two teams do not like each other, and they always play better against each other. It's like the Rangers Islander game that we were at. They always find a way to play better when they're, they're you know when they play against each other, especially on Thanksgiving showdown. So, my game of the week: Rangers Flyers Friday night. So to everybody watching. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the Thanksgiving showdown. And we will see you back here next week on Monday night. You've been listening to Post to Post here on my WCWP.org. It's my WCWP. Brookville. LIU Post Campus Radio. 89.7.